Hello. Welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv slash rolltogetherrpg slash schedule. Please do leave a review, and we look forward to adventuring together. everyone and welcome to talk together thank you for joining us for an evening of talking about dungeons and dragons i'm chris i'll be your host for tonight and today i'm chatting to ollo clark ollo say hello for the lovely people hi lovely people really excited to be here so we'll get into who you are and what you do but i think it's important we mentioned you know the product at the top of the show i think that's that's valid isn't it sure oh Oh, show it i got a book i got a book it exists it's real i can hold it it's Tavern Tales, Volume all, 1. All 300 pages of it. It exists. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm still not bored of doing this. Yeah. Well, of course not. It's your book. You should be very proud of it. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. Anyway, Tavern Tales, you, you hopefully saw the one shot on Tuesday where uh, Tom Yancis took us through um, not one of the adventures from Tavern Tales. We'll get to why later, but uh, gave us a bit of a breakdown of the tavern in question, which is the sort of centerpiece of the entire... Um, of the entire book, but we'll come back to that in a sec. Uh, because before we do, uh, I'll let people know a bit about what we're doing here. So we're talking about D&D for an hour. Uh, we are delighted to be sponsored by Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, Alchemy RPG, and supported by Idle Champions, D&D Beyond, Warriors of Waterdeep, Neverwinter, and Elderwood Academy. And of course, for today, and only today, Escape Plan Games with the lovely Tavern Tales book. There will be links in chat if you fancy the book. If everything here sounds good and you want to buy one, please do. I think it's, I think it's that way. I think oh, is it's that, that way? way? Oh, who knows? Okay. I think if you're watching on a mobile, it's that way. I don't know. Yeah, good. Uh, we're all together RPG on all the socials, uh, including TikTok now. I know, I know. We're so young and vibrant, aren't we? Youthful. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah it's exude, I exude youth. I've done this before. Bottle it. Um, anyway, massive thank you to the D20 Club, who are our lovely patrons. Thank you so much for letting us make content like this, and it is super appreciated. Also, all of our shows are available on YouTube or as podcasts, if that is what you would prefer. If you're listening to them or hearing them or watching them there, hello, Michael. Good. Right. Hello. Tavern Tales. Hi. Yes. Volume one. I mean, that is an arrogant naming convention for your first book. I'm just saying. Absolutely. We came out We came out swinging on that one. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. So that was a decision made right up top because mm-hmm. we want this to be, we do want this to be a series. Um, so right. the whole point of the Tavern Tales, as will be series, but starting with volume one, mm-hmm. is um, the drive behind the book was a frustration with some of the ways that wizard products and other third-party products don't really make the dm's life easier they are a uh, you know there are certain products that are kind of look how good we are at world building Mm -hmm. or you know focusing on the narrative and stat blocks which is great but there are some there are some books where you are constantly flipping between 200 pages from front to back to front to back, trying to find where's the thing that I want. It says this treasure chest is locked. What is in this? So 
the goal of Tavern Tales, for those of you who uh, don't know, if you haven't watched the one shot, which I haven't watched yet either, um, <laughs> but I will yes, agree with you. Recorded, oh, so. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you right now, audience, I agree. When that happened, oh, what a development that was. Um, uh, so Tavern Tales is a book that is centered around one tavern. It is, I know, I'm excited too. Um, uh, it is one building with fleshed out staff members or with backstories. And then there are 14 quest givers who are regulars at the tavern. And it allows, it is purposefully location agnostic. So the idea is you can drop into your world anywhere and hope and run one session with it, two sessions with it, you know, come back and forth to it. And it allows the DM to take a breather in their homebrew or in the adventure they're running and go, I don't have the mental RAM this week to come up with something. I can just open it and pretty much play out of the book. Um, we've come up with a very specific iconography system that we are very proud of. And I have to shout out um, Colin Heffernan, one of the founders of um, Escape Plan for really being the drive behind this, um, that we think is a real improvement and makes things, adventures a lot more navigable, um, both on maps and off maps. You know, a lot of symbols to make things easier to read. Um, and so coming back to the start of this, the idea is we want a series of these so that you know, if you have gone through this whole book, um, which we sincerely hope you do, because there are adventures from level one to level 13. So hopefully it could be there for you for a while. Um, when your players get further down the road or get into a new area, you can drop down tavern number two or tavern number three. And they just, they serve as um, real time-saving hubs. The hub, the yeah. Yeah, like hub is the word really. Like that's somewhere you can keep coming back to it's useful again and again and again it evolves and your relationships evolve with your players and with these npcs as you go back and forth um and the ability so to yeah because it's that that's been a, i reckon now i'm going to put some cod theory on this now if you'll allow me this has, been, this has been a thing that wizards have been trying to do for ages and you just went here you go this is how you do it because recent books especially ones that aren't um <clears throat> Overproduced um, tend to have a. I'm not digging on Spelljammer at all. Um, tend to have a a locked location. Uh, Radiant Citadel is a locked location. Um, Candle Keeps obviously a locked location. These setups with which there are multiple um, stories and adventures happening in off the same locale, off the central hub point, that create this sense of every week a new adventure, every week something different. Um, multiple writers can put their little um, tuppence halfpenny in and write their little story, and then mm. the week after, if they found things in that that were fun for the players, you can do more of them. And if they didn't, well, then they didn't, and that's okay. And here's an entirely different tangent to go on, which, here's my COD philosophy. I reckon that sits closer to the average gaming table experience than an ongoing campaign with ongoing arcs. Very possible, I think. I think it, you know, we all know that the biggest villain is time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the table, the thing that will really kill a party is time scheduling. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and while there are these legendary 10, 12 year mm. campaigns out there, you know, like, which are 
unreal. You know, the fact that there's some people have those is amazing. Yeah. But I think I think being able to sit down, maybe especially with new players or players yes. who like D&D but don't worship at the altar of D&D, you know, <laughs> as as some of us do. Um, you know, I've got my robes somewhere. You, you um, live in LA. You can't talk about cults. <laughs> <laughs> Tripping over them. They are everywhere. There's three downstairs right now. Yeah, um, uh, so it, you can you can dip in, and yeah. dipping in is not a bad thing. Dipping no. in is actually maybe the way you keep this going. Um, it's not just it's it's dipping. It is dipping. It's that that attempt to go. I've got four friends over for an evening, and we'll do a thing. You know, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Or we started doing a thing. Everyone loved it. We'll do two or three more. It's where you go from there. Mm. And I love that. I mean, you've done it, and a couple of other recent books are doing it too. This idea of um, this adventure is for this level. This adventure is for this level. Mm-hmm. And the ability, therefore, to interconnect the dots, interconnect the adventures, start adding in some of that lovely DM homebrew flavor, making it for your players, not directly out of the handbook kind of stuff, which, for my money, this does, Tavern Tales, does significantly better than existing books because of the design function. Um, This isn't 12 writers were paid to go off and write their own thing and then come back and stick them all into a book and go, there you go. This is actually a concepted, planned series of adventures that could form a long-form narrative if you want them to, or could be episodic little things that you do because it's easier that way, which is a coup, I would say. That's really exciting to hear because that was definitely the goal. The goal, the, the seesaw we were trying mm. to balance was one shots, you know, individual runnable, fully formed adventures with a thread that ran through them that was not um, heavy handed. I guess, you know, this Hmm. light touch, there are connections and there are thin strings connecting some or all of these, but we wanted those to be so thin that they don't have to be there if you don't want them to. They They can only enrich, they never hold back and this is sort of my crucial point about making the dm's life easier yeah definitely. is you don't need to read 40 pages of lore <laughs> and know the pantheon to run this you can drop it in and if your players seem hungry for more you can use the little things we've used that we've put in there to enrich and connect and draw in but you don't have to yeah and that was that's the fine line we were really trying to walk and so many of those connections are some really well-rounded, well-designed, engaging NPCs. As a whole, I mean, as a, as a player who looks at books of um, adventures and then plays them and looks at the NPCs and goes, aha, I see, Rogue A, there's a <laughs> like, mm, okay, but there's occasionally a character where you go, that's a really cool concept, or that's a really cool idea, but the implementation is very, very skin deep, it has to be, because it's an adventure book and it's just, mm-hmm. here's this character, off you go. Um, these four traits should be enough to flesh them out fully, you're the DM, why would mm-hmm. make your life easier? Whereas you've got so many not just fully fleshed and fully rounded, NPCs with an entire narrative around them that you don't necessarily explore as part of any of the adventures. Like, without giving too much away, one's a fucking time traveller. And it's just it's just casual. <laughs> it's just, oh, he's a time traveller. It's just there, and you go, okay, it's just a lot. <laughs> and so that's great. I love all of that because it means that you as a DM go, I'm inspired by that, but you've not done anything with it. You've just gone, here's all of the... It's like someone presenting to you a tray of food and going, "You could; these are all you could eat these now, but these, if you cook them for five minutes, they're really good." 
and just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a real benefit of the of the tavern, the one tavern mm. model, yeah. is that we could do, yeah, so for people that we have um, outside of the adventures themselves, we have five tavern staff and three, three, four, what we've called local legends, mm. who were written, who are tavern regulars who were given to us uh, as prompts from our highest tier Kickstarter backers. <laughs> um, so they gave us um, <laughs> prompts and uh, I wrote up the characters and the NPCs from their from their prompts. <laughs> and exactly as you say, they are not core part of, in fact, they are not part of any of the adventures. But they're there, <laughs> and the, and then we yeah they're sort of almost sort of Easter eggs that we've given the DM yeah. and gone. You can just or not. You can have these guys in your back pocket to be a conversation at the bar if yeah. you so choose as as a hook for if you do want a homebrew. This is the real space where go nuts with it. Well, um, yeah, we as, Tom, when yeah. Tom picked us up to DM, what we said to him was, "I think if we run any of the adventures, we're going to do the book a disservice because we're just going to showcase material that." people will probably want to play themselves and that's good but you've got this whole pub you've got all the people in the pub you've got people who just sat around and you've got people who work at the pub which means you've got all the interaction points that you need and then there's also this whole i mean it's not a spoiler because they saw on tuesday this whole circus <laughs> outside as well which is also intimately connected to the pub itself in a really i'm gonna say it extremely left field design choice <laughs> We've got a pub. It could be any pub in the world. No, this one is circus themed. All right. Yep. Like that yep. is, was that a hamper? Was that like, oh God, this, like, what are we going to do? It's circus themed. Or was it more of a, we want something like, do you want all of the different pubs in volumes one to presumably 50 that, um, oh, yeah. to have specific theming to give maybe the adventures, maybe the NPCs some direction. Is that the idea? There will be a hook certainly mm. for each one. Um, and because, I think what it what it makes a very strong offer with is a community that you're walking into. Yes. You know, the people that are, will be regulars at this tavern will be regulars for a reason, mm. you know. And I think like any good pub or, you know, your favorite bar, there's a reason you go back. You know, it's not just it's the cheapest pint around because <laughs> that's not enough to want you to for you to want to be there for hours and hours a week, you know, sure. or to chat to people at the bar. There's usually something else in the woodwork. Um, Why circus? It seems esoteric. It does seem esoteric. And um, I will, I'll let you in on something. <gasps> I, I came onto the book not at the start. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> the um, Mike and Colin, Get in the you know get in the comments. Get on Twitter. <laughs> let us know why it was a circus. I, I don't um, think it's a bad thing. I just find it I find it interesting for two specific reasons. I mean, there's many reasons, but these are two of the ones that stick out to me. One is that it's so visually and stylistically vibrant. Like it mm -hmm. is conceptually a big concept, and it's one that you can grab hold of. And as a DM, go. This is a world that is different it is specifically different from nine tenths of other hubs you find in a DD setting so is it the uniqueness is it the fact that it's special and unique to other DD things like circus theme pub isn't the first thing that's been to my mind when you said think of a DD pub you know? yeah but also circus quite famously is as a community quite insular it is a community that tends mm -hmm. to 
be amongst itself and likes being amongst itself. It's a community that gets written about very, very poorly. And so going into something like that and going, well, d and is not something that's had an issue with travelling people of any kind ever. Um, <laughs> let's write about another group of travelling people which can have racial connotations. I'm sure it won't be an issue at all. And it's not. I'm no expert in the field, obviously. But um, nothing in there compared to how tone-deaf other attempts have been, and we'll leave it at that, this didn't feel like that at all. It felt contemplative. It felt like this is something where there was understanding, almost, which... I mean, I assume therefore a personal connection, but it doesn't have to be. The fact that that was such a sort of core part of the book, I found really fascinating as a reader. I felt like I was being invited in somewhere. That's really, really exciting because I, I don't believe there is any personal connection. Um, but certainly with the with the reading I did, so I so for for context, I I wrote, I, I was given the prompts for the tavern NPCs, and mm-hmm. I wrote the, and I wrote them up myself. Yeah. Um, and what I what I love about the circus theme and particularly when I sort of started doing some reading about the community like you say and stuff is that the reason I think it fits so deliciously into a D&D world is if there is an adventuring party in the real world we live in it's a traveling circus group in terms of just a a gang of people who have by definition sort of left somewhere either they've grown up in it which is a whole world unto itself, yeah. or they have left somewhere else to become part of this this world that, you know, as with any touring art, is grubby behind the scenes yes. and and sparkly in front. Yeah. You know, we all know anyone, anyone who's, you know, I've done touring shows myself and, you know. Do you think it's a theatre thing? I wondered if there was a thing, because you and I are both ex-theatre people or current, I don't know, are you a current theatre person? I think I put myself... Uh, no, I'm pretty much ex by now. Yeah, same. Same really, isn't it? Because it was lovely yeah. while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. Covid kind of killed it, I think. I think so. It's that tragedy of that, really. But it, it's it's found, so, okay, so we can, we can, we can talk about this. It's found family. Yes. And it's, artifice in all parts of your life that just bleed into mm. you know who you are and what you do on a day-to-day basis yes. um and there's drama and there's travel and there's emergent <laughs> often often quite serious emergencies you know if something mm. goes wrong or someone Absolutely. gets hurt so um you know I'm not saying that as actors we know the D and D life. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, Good. <laughs> it, it, it fits. It fits very. Ni- a, a traveling group of D and D adventurers meeting mm. a group of circus folk crackle to me. Like there, yes. there's a there's a natural affinity there. And in terms of writing NPCs, it meant I was able to. Again, every you know the people who have ingrained secrets and artifice and pers- and and characters that are not who they are when they close the bedroom door at night, sure. you know, and and you talk about community, mm. all of our all of our people left the circus to go and build a brick oh. and mortar tavern, yeah. yeah, and that was a wonderful. Yeah, what does that mean? Like I sort of I I. I, I start one of my sort of introductions to the character, one of the characters with the circus is the thing people run away to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does it mean if you leave that? You know, if, if what does it mean, you know, a sense of of what what is home then? And, you know, as you say, the circus comes back because the, the family that flip 
are, are kind of our lead Talent. instigator yeah, yeah for, <laughs> for the for a trip away uh their family are still in it mm. and the relationship is cordial but it's not and very loving loving but it's not there's still friction there you know because there's still they, a sense of left. pride yeah they left they left the, the family they left the, they family. Left the family yeah 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 um, which is a fascinating concept in and of itself. Um, you brought it up. I'm gonna, and I, I promise I would wait till you brought it up to myself, if to no one else. Um, the book is surprising. Again, it's become more of a thing with D&D recently, and I'm really glad that it has for obvious reasons. The book is very, very good at playing around with gender nonconformity, of having gender nonconforming characters, mm-hmm. use liberal use of they them pronouns, which I obviously appreciate hugely. It's also this idea of artifice, because a lot of gender is performative and this idea of the artifice of ex circus performers who still sort of perform to their patrons because they're kind of making their money out of this as well let's be honest and the fact that there is this question of artifice around their performance and their personality and who they are it was great a to throw some gender politics into that always approved and then b to not play to the obvious stereotype there's no bearded lady nope and i think there's one in the circus but not one in the pub is that right something like that there's not a. I don't think there's, there's a, a tattooed lady. There's a tattooed lady. Yeah. You're right. There's a tattooed yeah. lady. But then taking the frankly awkward gender questions around that and going, we don't need those. We can make mm. all of these gender points nicely and quietly and subtly. I mean, that's poor. nice to have a subtle <laughs> gender point made. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I want. To, I don't think this is a question. I think it's just me as someone gender nonconforming reading a book, going, "Thank you. That's actually quite good. I'm glad someone took the time." I mean. To say you're welcome feels flippant because it wasn't you know because I'm not doing it. It wasn't a um, you know it wasn't a favor. I think part of that I will say, and the the joy of that is it happened, you know, for for the you know for more than a third of the book that is adventures um, that happened perfectly naturally. Um, you know, we it is an anthology book. The adventures are written by. Writers, you know, and I need to shout out some of our yeah, amazing I mean, writers from across the, the community. You chose some amazing writers for this. I mean, so you, yeah. you chose is a strong yeah. word. <laughs> you yeah. found, we, there we go, yeah, some amazing yeah. writers who we were lucky. We were so this. lucky. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We have the wonderful, you know, we've got um, Paige Ford, who is one of our, mm. again, other creative directors who's written for Uncaged and Beyond the Basics. We've got Mackenzie de Armas, who is now at Wizards. You know, if you open some of your Wizards books, you'll see her name in the front page. We've got any winners. We've got Jessica Markram. We've got uh, Lynn M. Meyer. Um, We've got uh, Kaylee Bray from Damsel's Dice and Everything Nice. Um, You know, and and so many others, um, you know, that I just... Can I throw a thought to you? And this may be a thought that, you know, some people won't like and frankly, fuck them. You have a great number of writers in there who are either female or gender nonconforming. Which and is this, considerably rare for a D&D anthology book, and the fact that the ones we've mentioned that what we have published that are working more in this direction are also ones where this is a trend. It's it funny, is that, isn't trend. it? Yeah, I think it's a good trend. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of, I mean, this, this is the point I was building to. Of Sorry. The, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I've just ex- Exactly your point is that mm. I think a lot of the gender nonconforming and queer stories came from... Those are the sort of you know those are the people we we got on board. Um, Still a rarity, and 
and just or, or, or just nice people you know yeah. it's not like it's not like <laughs> genderqueer people have to write genderqueer stories or anything it was just sort of it was a lovely group like as mm. as someone who was one of the editors and um you know had to pull all these things together it was just a joy to to read is, everyone's work you write what you know and you you perform sure. what you know it doesn't mean that genderqueer people have to write genderqueer characters of course not but I mean, whenever I do get a chance to play, and it's rare, I'm the DM most of the time, when I do get a chance to play on the channel, my characters are all genderqueer because I don't really know how to play someone who isn't genderqueer. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what that means anymore. And yeah. I think opening that <laughs> door personally, which is D&D stream is not the place to do that. Mm. Like, I totally get why that happens. And I love that it happens because it means that people like me and many others who watch what we do and play with us and all the rest feel like they're being seen. So yeah, yeah. over and over again, it's just a small thing of going, oh, someone like me. Yeah. And it's no surprise at all that, uh, what do you mean, a world where I can play a, a shapeshifter <laughs> or someone with horns and throw fireballs and everything's made up? What do you mean I can experiment with who I am and this is a safe place to do it? Weird. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, no, no, you see... You've fallen into an obvious trap there, and I have to be honest with you about this. The fact that, you know, that, that you're not being historically accurate in this fantasy world is clearly extremely important. You know what? You're right. I apologize. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Need to, I need to read more history books. Look, we just need to be more historically accurate about our worlds with dragons and people... About our tieflings. People's, yeah, people yeah. cutting people's heads in half with a sideways swipe of a sword with no effort required whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you're in LA. You, know. you, you can, you know, where you can fall out of a plane, hit the oh. ground, and still have enough hit points to be fine at like level five or six. Yeah, well, you basically yeah. can if you're a monk. I mean, listen, it's always listen. It, it was like it was just like that for turtles. Okay, it was yeah. just like that for them. And if you break that artifact, you know, I mean, what are we doing? All of the last 30 seconds, please, should be taken with a severe pinch of salt. Good. <laughs> right, Olo, we've talked about Tavern Tales, and it's amazing, and if you, there's links in chat to buy it, and you would absolutely should. Um, there's PDF versions, there's... Um, wait, hang on, there's a PDF version, there's the print version, which is, amazingly, a full print version in this pandemic. Well, in that mm. pandemic. <laughs> it's officially well, stopped. Mean? It's no longer happening. Joe Biden no, said... No, yeah. uh, you, say, you, say a you say sort of miracles. I mean, when did we start talking about working together when did i send you the pdf yeah <laughs> because yeah. because that was supposed to be about a month two months before the hard copy came out oh, and then just... and then shipping happened i don't understand how anyone can be annoyed about stuff like that anymore because no it, no, like, no oh we couldn't do it because people were dying yeah don't i mean it almost yeah. seems obvious but uh, yeah, yeah. Into politics yeah. um <laughs> anyway it happened all... we got it there yeah. yeah and it's a full print book so there's the full print book there's the there's a version with dice as well i think Yes, so you can online on a, if you go to the website, which is www.eplangames.com, you can buy the book. You can buy you can buy just the book. You can buy just the PDF. You can buy some really beautiful dice that we've had made, or you can buy the full set. You can buy various combinations of all of lovely. Those well, check all that out. Great, great book. And also, uh, if you haven't seen Tuesday's one shot yet, go back and check it out. Tom does an amazing job. It's also because of all the time things. A little bit of secret here. It's the first thing Tom DM'd for us. Is that true? first show. Yeah, I know. Think about how long ago he's been DMing for us. This was the first thing he DM'd for us. Oh, my God. Yeah, that 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 dates it, doesn't it? <laughs> no, not in a bad way, though. Like, no, no, the, no. Absolutely. I look younger in it. I'm not upset about this. <laughs> but it was Everyone, like, everyone's skincare ago. game has really picked up uh, this week. Six <laughs> months to a year ago, I think. Somewhere around there we, th we first did the recording. And it was so funny. We, we will keep it until you're ready. And here we are. So, yeah. 
this is all good news. Uh, it's all great. Yeah. Anyway, this is a show about rolling dice somewhere, so we should probably do that. It's mostly so, asking questions about your 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 D and D experiences, but um, Olo, feel free. Let's find out more about Mister Olo Clark. It is Mister, I presume. It is, yeah. Okay, I've rolled a d twenty. That is a nineteen. Strong okay. Start. Now this is one that definitely is a question that leads to a long, longer conversation. So I want to hear about this. Okay. If you could go back and change an in-game decision, what would it be? Oh God. You've been playing for uh, years. You must have tons of these. Uh, yeah. Would you like one as a DM or a player? I don't mind either way. I think as a player, it's going to be more personal. As a DM, it's probably more like awful because you're the DM and you had to do something awful. Yeah, you know what? It's not actually, and oh. I think I will. I, I know exactly what I'll pick because it was a real lesson for me on, um, uh, I, you know, you tell yourself again and again and again. As a DM, you cannot force your story on players. <laughs> um, oh no! What did you do? Well, I, it, it wasn't that I. It wasn't that I. I'm sorry. That door goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? The result was a, a a moment that I really wanted for them mm. didn't land because I was rushing it. Like that's all. And oh. So this was my, my lesson was, and it's the it was the launch for the adventure that I'm running for my players at the moment. Oh. Which I won't go into too much detail on sure. because suffice to say, it's going to form uh, an escape plan games offering Ooh, in the future. Um, but so I had them meet their uh, their quest giver, who mm. I wanted to be rather intimidating, and because <laughs> oh, <no>. beca- because <laughs> because it was the beginning of the it, it's not it's not a it's not a full flat on my face moment. There's no big story here necessarily, mm. but the lesson I, I I basically tried to I ended up playing intimidating rather than being intimidating. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. And it was just a real lesson in. He, he was that he's a sort of um if anyone's seen the usual suspects he's a kind of um uh, kobayashi uh equivalent he's a mm. sort of he's a sort of mysterious middleman for some unseen shadowy figure you know sure. so yeah. so the character i wanted to give off was very um casual very sort of unfazed yeah um but because it was the character I'd probably spent enough, the most time thinking about at that point, because I'd been building up to this first session, mm. I, I had mentally, script, without no realising I had, I'd scripted some stuff in my head. Yeah. And when it came to the session, obviously those script moments didn't come up, but I was flustered and a bit pushed. Um, and, a, and so I kind of, oh, rather I pushed moments. that, And I think it means I didn't give my players the delicious launch that I really wanted to. They didn't get the impact that you wanted. No. So That's I think tough. if I, so I think if yeah. I was going to go back and change a moment, I would go back and introduce him much later in the first session. Mm-hmm. So I would do, because they had also met the world 12 minutes beforehand, you know, or, or sort of 20 minutes beforehand. Sure. They hadn't really met their characters yet. Yeah. Um, and it's it actually made me think that in the next campaign, in the campaigns I run from here on, I won't, I'm not going to introduce the plot hook until session two. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. give my players an entire session of a bar fight or mucking around in their first town so that they can find themselves as well. Because part of it was they were 
you know, they weren't sure where they fitted into their characters no, yet. Of course, yeah. So they weren't making fully committed character decisions because they were still trying voices or, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think the lesson I've learned from it is I'm going to give my players a full session before story turns up. Do you want, do you want to level? I'll tell you something. So it's a little secret. I mean, oh, it's okay. a secret for the people who are watching as well, which is really good. We just started a new show that I'm DMing called Drowning in Blackwater because it's Halloween and also I, I this is just what I do. Um, I said to myself when I was writing it, I know what concepts I want to hit on, I know how I want to dive into this, but these are players, most of these characters have been in other shows before, so they've, they've got history. Oh, cool. They've got history with each other and with themselves. That's great. Which means they all know who they're playing, and everyone, mm. most people who are watching will know something about them, and there's a whole wiki about them, which is good. But they've never played together, or the ones that have will have rhythms. So I tried something, which I've never done before, where I started by saying roll initiative, and I went, oh, what? Yeah, roll initiative straight away. And then I let them place themselves in a combat environment by describing their first turn, or by describing as a reaction to someone else needing them to be in a place for something to happen. That's very cool. I'd never done it before. I was on the seat of my pants. I was freaking out going, is this going to work? Because it might all just fall apart. So are they not on the board, as it were, until their turn starts? Effectively, is they're that... on the board until their turn starts or until another player says, can I put you there so that my turn makes sense? Yeah, amazing. I really like that. It was it was a moment of, uh, I'm going to put it out there, sheer lunacy to do it lo- to do it while recording a show. But <laughs> I thought, why you not? Can... You can over-prepare for these things, you Chris. Can. You know? Yeah, you can. But I thought, <laughs> very, why not? Very sort of Sin City, in a way. Like, yeah. very kind of arriving, you know, very in media res. You know, exactly. Kind of I, I heard someone say a while back, I can't remember who the quotes um, mm. ascribed to, but um, some, I can't remember who it was, is it Kurt Vonnegut? Someone said, start your story as close to the end as possible. That sounds like her Vonnegut, but I have no idea which, if it is. <laughs> which I really like. It's just like, just, you know, throw them in and get a strong prompt, something to wrap, you know, something to bend your character yeah. around and go. It's, yeah. got a, it's got a Hemingwayness to it, doesn't it? That kind of, mm. what do you start with? The facts. There's nothing mm. else. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't think this would be a great way to introduce all the characters. I just thought of it more as a, if I start throwing plot at them now, it, it there's so much to throw at them that it just feels like I'm going to be heavy handing the first episode. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. Yeah. I've got time. It's six episodes long and I've got thoughts and plans that I think will probably extend to four or five so mm-hmm. I've got time okay yeah I yeah I think that's a great idea I like that well I mean it was your idea I just happened to do it recently <laughs> no but you know but yours is starting with mechanics which yeah. is a very concrete thing to, for someone to lean on yeah oh oh what does my firebolt look like that's exactly. an, that's a much easier simpler line yeah that's great it's also the thing with D, and it's 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 an interesting dichotomy with D, is that we're all sat in a room acting and role-playing with each other right right no it's a game with rules and you roll dice and things happen and that interactivity can be really tough to to align because players will go but i wanted my character to do this because the role play was good in that and you go yeah but there's a dice roll and this is mm-hmm. a game yeah the fact that you start with game mechanics then as well means you're thinking mechanically, what is my character like? And then as you start to roleplay them, that all starts to gel back in. There's less of the, I wish I'd rolled a so-and-so. Yeah, you know? exactly. I like yeah. that a lot. Luck. I, I tried it and went, oh, this worked surprisingly <laughs> well. I don't think I can now do it again. I think it's too obviously a thing if I do it on every live show that we do. But, you know, the Stealing idea... Stealing that. Well, please do. No, no, this is... All these things should be shared, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which asshole DM is sitting in front of going, I have all the secrets and they're mine. Like, no, if the more people who know, the better Have you been on Twitter at all, ever? You know, (laughs) (laughs) 
don't spend a huge amount of time on social media, and this is why. Um, we can roll on the dice. We should roll on the dice. Yeah, Good so. answer. Good answer. Love that answer. Also, DM humility. I respect that hugely. The ability to go, that didn't go the way I wanted. What can I learn? Got to be. Yeah, learning. Like, I want to make this better for everyone, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Twelve. Still, oh. it's a ten. I like this. It's, it's, it's the roll together dice. It is genuinely one of our branded ones, which we should be have on sale relatively soon. Oh, amazing! I can't have the focus for announcement. Yeah. <laughs> buy nice merch. Dice. Buy merch. Buy merch. Always buy merch. Links in chat. Um, why are TTRPGs important? Now it says important to you specifically, but I like to expand that out a little bit. So, um, when I was at drama school. I had a oh, we had a no. teach we had a, <laughs> the drama school. We had a teacher who made the uh, bleak but um, perfectly honest at the time point that the problem with one of the things that can get so depressing about being an actor is it's one of the one is one of the few arts where um, if you're a dancer and you need to and that's your passion and you need to blow off some steam you can go out and go dancing or you can take a dance class or <laughs> if, if you're if you're a musician you can go home and play the piano you know if you're a go painter you can go home, go out you, go home and <laughs> you cannot or you or rather you really shouldn't <laughs> just either come home alone or even worse go out in public and just do some acting to blow off steam which means it's you know that's people will ask you to leave the coffee shop. I've never um, heard that before, and I absolutely fucking love <laughs> it. But it, it means that if that's your creative outlet, yeah. it can get very pent up because mm. you're waiting for other people to employ you to do what you love doing. Yes. Um, so, where, which means, you know, cut to five years later, when I discovered d and I was like, wait, Jimmy, you were wrong. <laughs> you can. <laughs> You can go home and blow up some tea. It was just this wonderful, um, just like, oh my God, I finally got something to do with all of this energy. Um, mm. And, but on top of that, even if you're not an actor, it's, it's a, I think it's an incredibly empathetic thing. I think D&D built the, the sort of, you build real human connection and real empathy because you're building something together. You can't win it. There's no winners. You're just doing something together as a oh, group there are you know. winners players, <laughs> the players win they always win oh they, but they always win absolutely you know, they always no... win and that's the or, point yeah. and if they Maybe don't it... win there's got to be a really good reason why they don't and then they win next time which is why infinity war and endgame happened in the way that it did Better to say you, it's not a game you can lose. Maybe that's a better way. Yes, to say it. it's not a game you can lose. But yeah. no, 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 no. I, I, I have a meaning behind that. It is a game you can win. One of my favourite things about D and D, bar none, is the um, heroic feeling that you get out of doing something that you will never do. Yes, of course. Is the ability as a player to go, I defeated the dragon. Now that dragon could be in your mind and could be your depression, <laughs> or it could just be. I've imagined this and I've lived it and me and my friends together stayed up till 2 a.m. killing yeah. the dragon and it was great. It's a thing the that video games... The dopamine is real. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know? It's a thing that video games does very quickly and very well, but it's a thing that D&D I have found in the past builds up to in such a way that it's almost like you're an actor as well, yes. Mm-hmm. Post-show, that feeling post-show where you've done a good job and you know you've done a good job, the audience clapped and you got a nice bow and everyone was happy and the, everyone's congratulating each other. That feeling of we need to have a drink in the pub because if we don't I'm going to collapse like a wet balloon because all yeah. of this enthusiasm and energy has to go somewhere 
I can't just get on the train home now. No. Yeah, I can't just, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's something I really, it's something that is, I think, very difficult by playing digitally, which I think a lot of us are doing probably more of at the yes. moment. But the cool down, you know, of, mm. of afterwards, I really try, if I've ever got a session, I really try and in person, I really, really, really try and make sure there's an inbuilt half hour, 45 minutes afterwards. Mm. So people don't have to go, that was great, bye, I gotta get in the car. You know, everyone can just go, oh, and have a drink and chat yeah. and just sort of, yeah, and, and we, wind down. I mean, because it's a show, it's slightly different, but we do stars and wishes after every um, recording. And um, that is partially because everyone needs notes and notes are good and it's a nice way of, Do you know what stars and wishes are? Sorry. Yeah, that, those are sort of the positive lines and veils in, in some ways, isn't it? It's yes. kind of where I, where, what I would like going yes, forward. Yes, exactly. So we do a lot of, um, we do session zeros and a lot of safety work goes into putting shows on the internet. I think it's only fair that everyone is treated safely and can play without feeling like they, and watch, without feeling like they're going to have like massive triggers thrown at And one of the big things that works is having beforehand to know what's bad, having during to make sure everyone is safe, and having after to go, here are the things that I loved about today, that player did an amazing job, or that the end of this amazing thing here, and here's what I'd love to have more of. And it's less of a, you didn't do the thing I wanted. What it tends to turn into is more of a, I wish you could play more sessions. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I wish or, more. <laughs> I really love to see more of that NPC, but I recognize that they're going to completely dominate if they're here all the time. Like, mm-hmm. that sort of conversation comes up quite yeah. a lot. And I think that we, I think it, unwittingly we built in a cooldown because it's great because you get through like 10 minutes of everyone going, that was great. Oh, lovely. Everyone's having a lovely time. Oh, it was, uh, it was really good. And bus, just starting bus, to bus, peter bus. out slightly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the bus starts to build down. I recommend it. And also, it's such a good confidence booster for people who are like, I don't know if my character really landed today. And you can go, no, it's amazing. Yeah, the fact that you kidding? did that thing meant that I could do that thing. Yeah. Yeah, all of that sort of conversation absolutely. as well. I really recommend yeah. it to anyone who plays, even home, mm-hmm. just at home, little stars and wishes before you go, just a little, how did everyone like that? Yeah. It also means that, again, always learning. And always learning always is really learning. important. And the, the, a big thing, which I do, which, which, that's great, and I haven't heard the terms before, but I do really recommend checking with your player. Session, it doesn't have to just be a session zero, yes. and then you're off. I, every sort of four or five sessions, I do a big group text and go like, right, DM feedback time. You know, <laughs> what are you like? Yeah, what are we liking? What are we not liking? Are the combat's too easy? Are they too hard? Mm. You know, is there anything? You know, and individually, is there anything from your backstory or you know recent story at the table story that you'd like to see more of? Is there anything you want some context on? So like communication, constant communication with your players. You know what works really well conceptually with that anonymity. I know it sounds weird because there are five people. Of course, you know who the five of them are, and if they give notes, <laughs> you'll probably know who it is. But the ability to write, you can write this and I won't know who it's from, means people are more honest. That's and interesting, yeah. Not more honest as in more negative. You'd think it's more negative, but it's not. It's just they say things that they would normally go, I'm not sure if it's the right thing to say. And it's still mm-hmm. carried with, I'm not sure it's the right thing to say. People people are people. They don't change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's more of a knowing they won't get personal repercussion for it. Mm. Which just like a, be, just, a, just a Google Doc that's open to everyone, kind of exactly thing. stuff like that. Yeah. We 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 have, we have a lot of anonymized forms for safety conversation because they need to be anonymized as well for obvious reasons. Mm. So there are there's a lot of that, that we already do. But I've again found it works in home games. It's a really easy way of just making sure everyone is comfortable and happy and able to say if they're not in a forum where mm. they're not going to feel like they'll ever get penalized or put down because yeah. of it, or you know, say if they're worried about another player. Mm. Which is yeah. really, really hard to do. Yeah, and can mean that there's 
most scenarios, luckily, obviously don't fall into real car crash, not feeling safe at the table, you know, but but if you're, but small, small experiences can just dull your enjoyment of the game. And it means that you just mentally just drift away from it a little bit. You don't leave the table, you don't leave the game, but you just might not be on your phone more often. Yeah. yeah, you might just not be as sort of uh, as electric as it could be for you, and that's a real shame. Exactly. And, and could be fixed with just a quick conversation. Also, from experience, most of these issues tend to be these five small things have added up. Yeah, if you tackle them one at a time as they come up, they're less likely to be a big issue, and that's really hard to do when you're being polite. So it's like real life, Chris. <laughs> it is, but also. Like, you've worked in office jobs, I've worked in office jobs, they were terrible, I hated them. But also, if there's a small infraction, you don't go to your boss and say there's been a small infraction, because it's a no. fuss, and you don't want to make a fuss. Yeah. And it doesn't help anybody making a fuss, it just means there are more fusses, and then you realise that it's four years later, and you're making a sexual <laughs> harassment claim, and suddenly something's gone very wrong somewhere. Uh, like, you know, like, but that's, yeah. that, that's how this builds up. I shouldn't up. be laughing at that, but yeah. No, no but it, I think it is yeah. funny. I do think it is funny. It's not, it's not ha-ha funny, it's, um... It's peculiar. Yeah. This world is a peculiar place. It's curious, especially yeah. to British people. Well, one British person and one very British sounding person. <laughs> Not actually British. Um, right. Do we roll the dice for one more question? I think we do one more. We've got yeah, go for it. Great. And I'm enjoying the conversation a lot, as always. Me too. Yay. It's a joy. No, oh, you're very proud. Thank you. I've rolled under a 10. I'm sorry. I'm out. Nine. Uh, under average. Oh, it's a nice one to end on. What would you say to a new player? Welcome. Um, you have, I can't, I cannot express how excited I am for you. You have, this is, your life is about to get so much more open and exciting. Uh, if you've come here from computer games, oh boy, it's going to ruin <laughs> computer games for you. If you know, sort of, you, I mean, just seriously, like, have you ever wondered why your player can't climb that chain link fence? That's a very good question. And here you can, um, there's no out of bounds. Um, what I say to you, but beyond that, um, enjoy, just enjoy yourself. I think, but you can't, I guarantee, unless, unless your DM is brand new, um, you will not throw them off balance like you think you might. Yes, good you know, point. I think I think a lot of new players. There's there's two there's two things about new players that I think is really interesting, um, which is a good and a bad thing the, 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 for, for them. The good thing about them is they don't know the rules. The bad thing is they don't know the rules. So they um, sometimes go, I don't know how to do this, so I won't try. But they will also go like, and and in a way that people who've been playing the system for years, they'll go like, okay, well. I want to pick up a chair and hit him with it. Can I do that? You know, whereas a, whereas an experienced player will go, well, improvised weapon, I'm not proficient. Like <laughs> the most, you know, the best thing to not do wrong. here is, you know, but, you know, is give him bardic inspiration and then do this. But I, a new player at the table can sometimes, by not knowing what is going on, really inject some fun and chaos back into the table in a way that, Experienced players really enjoy. So I would take push that advice further. I would take that advice further. I would say to experienced players, do the thing that isn't um, statistically uh, most valuable. Yeah, because often yeah, not, yeah. it doesn't really matter that much. And I don't mean to like denigrate any player's turn, but let's take a bard. Um, D eight to let someone else do something slightly better, and probably a spell. 
what if you instead went to pick up the chair and throw it at the person? What if? Mm. What's, what's the yeah. worst that can happen? I mean, I don't know a DM who's cruel enough to say that's your entire action and bonus action, so that <laughs> seems unlikely. So you can still do the thing you want to do, which is inspire people. Um, and DMs reward that. Because absolutely. if a DM... Every if, time. If, 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 if as a DM you go, okay, improvise weapon attack, roll a d4. Like, you know, your, your players are going to shrink. Yeah, you if you go, rule of course, awesome, yeah. they're stunned for this turn, everyone at the table goes okay we can play in this world you know um there's so, a really difficult dm line there isn't there between being punitive if they're trying to do things all the time but also being open to the idea that the rules are not made and written in stone mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's no but as well as yes and sometimes very important part of improvisation no but is just as good as yes and yeah. because it um yeah. it means you're still continuing the art mm-hmm. still continues, yeah. but you're also not everything you say yeah. is going to cause something valuable to happen. Yeah. yeah. Has um, has the indie ruined computer games for you? Be honest now. Um, I think that some, I will say, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't. Do I play? Am I playing any video game RPGs at the moment? Interesting. Not really. I not that they've ruined it, but I think <laughs> um, the limitations feel more limity you know you notice them more yeah i think mm. you sort of and you see where things where you know you talk about railroading as a concept you talk about where bit, bits of game design you see you see the edges of world building and you start to see the walls i guess is sort of the way i would see it of like we 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 cannot have your player know how to climb because otherwise you won't go through this corridor of 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 scary enemies that we've spent a very long time programming you know yes. whereas the joy of D- of D&D and I'll say this to new players is a uh, you know, DM knows that their world is um so I there's a there's a there's, there is a cartoon from I think the Guardian years ago that actually sure. really informed my DMing and I'll, I'll try and sum it up really quickly wow. it was when one of, it was that when is one a of them... sentence wait wait just acknowledge that that is a sentence I read it I saw a cartoon in the Guardian that informed my DMing I just yeah and I'll back it up. Uh, here we, so here we, so here we sir, go. That is a sentence. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was when one of the Mars rovers um, had landed, and mm. the the cartoon was it was the Mars rover with its camera trained on a um, Martian city, flying cars, you know, tall skyscrapers, <laughs> all the thing. Except, except that between the rover and the city, there were two aliens holding a piece of cardboard with oh. blank desert drawn on it. Amazing. Discarding it. So, the way that informed my DMing, DMing is that in reverse. You are holding, you are holding up a cardboard cutout of a world, and around you is just void. There is nothing. <laughs> As, what, the, the, what the players remember from your sessions doesn't actually exist anymore. You can take those pieces apart. They can go back. The city can have burned down. NPCs can be alive, dead. Doesn't matter. So, to a new player, I will say that your DM has so much, sort of. Um, matrix space to pull <laughs> toys from. You know, if when you, you if you need them, you cannot throw them off. You know, when you see when you play with the DM, like you you must have DMs of your own who you play with, and when you see them make that click, that mm-hmm. you know, literally anything. I, I, yeah, 
fuck it. Just, when, when their first fuck it, just take the book and throw it over their shoulder. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. when you see a DM do that, it's a wonderful moment. It's really nice. Yeah. When the DM stops being structured by nothing. <laughs> they don't know why they were in the first place, but they were. Yeah, it is good. Now, do I tell you my favorite cartoon that informed all of my DMing, or do we cut to a close with yours? I'm See, everyone sure. has one. Yeah, they everyone, do. everyone has a cartoon that informed yeah. their DMing. That's how this works. Dragon Magazine. I want to say it was 3.5, so we're talking ages ago, 20 years ago at least. Um, I can't remember what the series was called. It doesn't matter. All of the frames are exactly the same, except for the expression on the DM's face and the speech bubbles. It's a DM saying to a group of players, you come to the end of the corridor and there are two doors, one on your left, one on your right. The one on your left, behind which is nothing in a speech bubble over his head, so he's just thinking it, and the one on your right, behind which is the poison marmoset trap. Which way do you go? The players do all the player debates. Can I roll perception checks, investigation checks? Is one of the doors trapped? What can I hear? They do all the things that players do while the DM's just sat there getting more and more fizzing with anticipation of, I can't wait to open the door on the right. It's going to be the best thing. And the, this is the best trap I've ever made. It's a, it's a marmoset, but it's got poison on its claws. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. They say, uh, and then at the end of all of that, it's we open the door on the left. From the DM blinks twice, two panels, final panel, you run into the dreaded poison marmoset trap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> In a, like, play it. It's flat. He's given yeah. up. <laughs> they didn't fulfill his artifice, so it's done. Yeah. Not, I'm excited and I'll put it wherever the fuck I please. <laughs> <laughs> that has informed everything. And it's a weird, so weird that it has. I don't know why it has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a real position of trust behind the screen. Mm, yeah, um, you know it's a fine balance, but it's as long as as long as the thing you're dedicated to is the best story for my players that I can give them, that I can feed them. Um, yeah, it's great. It's this is why it's, it's also the second that we had it for today. They always win. Mm -hmm. Not that in in face of everything they always win, but I want everyone to walk away from the table with a feeling of success, and it doesn't have to be a big success, but. We have together slain the dragon is kind of why this game was invented. So yeah. it works. And whenever people do like the team building exercise versions of DD, it's always as a team you can conquer anything. Hum highlighting teamwork and um, promoting if you work together, great things will happen. It's one of the best things about it. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes back to the empathy point I was sort of trying to make earlier of just, it's, yeah, you're, you're sitting around as a group solving a problem. What can be better? Sounds like a management course now. You've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no. on that note, no, it's part. Um, Tavern Tales, links are in chat. Please check it out. It is, uh, sorry, Tavern Tales Volume 1. How rude of me. Uh, a trip away. The trip away tavern? A trip away. A trip away in. Yeah. A trip away in. Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, a, watch Tuesday's show if you haven't already and find out more about the trip away in. A trip away in, which is gorgeous and lovely and special and weird and wacky and wonderful all things you'd expect we didn't even mention the subclasses we didn't mention the subclasses i there played subclasses. one of them you, there you are made classes one is an owl bear tamer i played that. owl bear i cannot wait i really it's cannot wait to see so this. much fun i love it i had to voice it oh, anyway um, so. amazing <laughs> but yes um check all that out and um ask your dm to play an owl bear ranger because oh my god um you get a baby owl bear and it goes Ooh. 
We can stop talking about it. Um, it's amazing. Check it out. Uh, yes, links are all in chat. So check out all of that stuff. And of course, thank you all so much for being here and for and for doing it. Is there? We asked us at the end. Is there anything else you want to plug? And that sounds like a weird thing since you're talking about a specific book. But is there anything else that you're working on, or anything else you'd like people to see that maybe isn't even D and D? Um, everything is D and D. I know. But <laughs> that's all I. That's all I have. Chris. What's adjacent? Um, what's an adjacent thing that you're doing? Uh. Joking aside, I really can't think of anything that I'm working on right now that is that that is adjacent. I'll be playing a one shot on Twitch with the brilliant um, Time Lord's wife on oh, Sunday. Oh, lovely! Um, you know Kayla? I do know Kayla. You do know? Of course, you know Kayla. Yes, of course, you know Kayla. Um, so yes, we will be playing. An, we will be playing an Oops All Monks one shot. Hey. Um, I am terrified to see what she's going to throw at us. Uh, that will be happening at uh, I think two thirty Pacific time on Twitch. So um, that's so hang on, like ten. That's ten ten thirty UK time. I believe. Oh, lovely late night show. Who doesn't like a late night show? Lovely. So come check it out. See if we can punch whatever she puts in front of us to punch. <laughs> it's a lot of punching with monks. <laughs> a lot of punching. It's basically going to be successful punching or TPK. These are the two choices. Every game. <laughs> All right, we'll check out chat where there will be a link to that as well. Thank you so much, Ola. It sounds like a fantastic game. I'll definitely be watching that. Um, thank you for joining us. So we stream Talk Together on the Friday evenings. So join us for more of those or Talking as a Free Action, where one of our strange, mysterious question lords takes one of our players through a uh, dungeon that's really... This is a big concept show. Talking as a free action has somehow become this really big concept show when it was just meant to be like Crystal Maze. I, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a wealth of backstory about how all four of the people know it. Uh. <laughs> it's fun. Check it out. Talking as a free action. It's on Fridays uh, or talk together if we're chatting with people like Lovely Olo. Um, that's six till seven uh, BST GMT. Are we near GMT now? Close on me. Oh, God. I... Uh, anyway, um... At the time, 6 p.m. of the time, right. of, the, of, of be, the British of the time. <laughs> there will be British hours. Use um, them. We do, we do swap back for the crossover week into uh, American time because of our American audience want to make sure that they can see things. So, yes, uh, that's um, Fridays. And then on Mondays and Tuesdays, we have our D&D shows. Mondays is currently um, Drowning in Blackwater, which isn't as horrific as it sounds. It's pretty horrific. That's pretty horrific. Can't wait. <laughs> It's, it's, it's good fun. I'm having a great time, says the DM. <laughs> says the DM, yes. <laughs> and I'm Tuesdays, really enjoying myself. Uh, next week, oh, it's another one shot. Next week we have uh, Sleepers of Silverage 2. Nat is finishing off Sleepers of Silverage with the first one shot. It's level 18. They are level 18 characters. Ooh. Fighting an Elder Brain Dragon, no less. Oh, God. This is an. Oh, right. Yeah. We could talk about this forever, but that's. The, the type of breath? I've, yeah, it's great. I've read this thing. Just, <laughs> I've never felt chills from a stat block before. One of the players had to cast Wish to make sure they didn't die last session. Oh, I know. <laughs> anyway, that's on Tuesday. Anyway. Watch, watch that. Don't forget, you can always enjoy them as uh, on YouTube or as a podcast if you would prefer, or you can watch them live at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG. Many thanks to the D20 Club on Patreon, all of our sponsors and supporters, and I'm contractually obliged to say, stay classy at the table. <laughs>